0: 11 a.m., the 11th day, the 11th month, two minutes of silence remembering all who died in previous wars. This tradition still held throughout the British Commonwealth, going back to 1919, one year after World War I. Originally called Armistice Day, Canada calls it Remembrance Day, and America uses the term Veterans Day. Names aside, today we pause to remember all who gave their lives to preserve freedom where we live. Often, we forget about these privileges, freedom to speak openly about ideas we disagree on, freedom of press and gatherings, most important, freedom to worship. The first Sunday of November is the International Pray for the Persecuted Church Day. A time to pray for those suffering for Christ in countries that are not free. Paul in prison wrote, Remember my chains. May we think and pray for those in North Korea, China, Pakistan, and other countries where living for Jesus could lead to prison or death. Welcome to Haven Today, here on Wednesday, November 11th. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story with you that's all about Jesus. And we're in a series this week called A Hobbit, A Wardrobe, and A Great War. We all know C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien were brilliant writers and scholars in their own right. They created these fantastic worlds intended for children, but worlds that adults got caught up in as well. Tolkien, a philologist by training, actually invented a number of functional languages for his fictional characters, and we know they were friends. It was the Great War that led C.S. Lewis away from the faith but it was his relationship with Tolkien that helped him see God's grace and love once again. One reason we've called our series this week A Hobbit, A Wardrobe, and A Great War is that World War I had a profound influence on the writings of Lewis as well as Tolkien. They wrote about darkness looming, death and destruction lurking around the corner. That was not fantasy. They had lived through it and they were seeing the dark clouds of World War II beginning to form. But the Great War wasn't the only theme that we can find in these great authors and their great stories. They also show us how friendship can be used by God to get us through hard times.
1: The storm is upon them, but their friendship is intact, and they're just gonna do the best they can. There's just something about that that's so deeply Christian. That's
0: Dr. Joseph LeConte, the author of the New York Times bestseller, A Hobbit, A Wardrobe, and A Great War. He'll return a little later in the program. And way later in the program, I have a real treat for you. It's C.S. Lewis himself using a war analogy to teach why we need Jesus in our lives. It's really good, and it's definitely worth the wait. After that... I'd like to send you a copy of his book or audiobook for your gift to the ministry. This inspiring work shows how J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis rediscovered faith, friendship, even heroism in the midst of World War I. And then the great pandemic that followed. Both men fought in the trenches of World War I. It drove Tolkien to Christ. For Lewis, who was already claiming to be an atheist, it made him even harder towards God. But the Lord used that friendship after the war, as they were both teaching at Oxford to lead Lewis to Christ. And without the Lord leading them together as friends in Jesus, we would never have heard of the Lord of the Rings and the Chronicles of Narnia. And both of these stories have pointed millions to Jesus over the last 70 years. Would you call us after the program? Make your gift to this listener-supported ministry? And ask for either the audio book or the printed version of a hobbit, a wardrobe, and a great war. You just need to call us at 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or go to our website, watch the book trailer. You can make your gift there, haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And if you wanted to get it but just never got around to it, we still have the first season of The Chosen, a well-made TV show about the life of Jesus from those around Him. I know this double DVD with all eight episodes of Season 1 will inspire you to get to know Jesus more. Ask about it when you call or watch the trailer for that there on our website. And now let's get started with the program. A wonderful album by Laura Story, Blessings. Inside that album, Jesus, Friend of Sinners.
2: You have shown us what is holy, how to bless the Father's heart, to act justly and love mercy.
0: This song is called Friend of Sinners, sung for us by Laura Storey. We haven't had that in a while here on Haven Today, and a program we're calling A Hobbit, A Wardrobe, and A Great War. My name is Charles Morris. Amidst the darkness and the looming disasters of the 20th century, both Lewis and Tolkien communicated to the world the deep, deep power of friendship and loyalty. Where would Frodo be? without Sam Wise, faithfully walking with him every step of the way, and even carrying him when he wasn't strong enough to carry himself. Peter, Susan, Edmund, and Lucy in the world of Narnia constantly coming to the rescue and coming through for each other. In fact, Sam Wise the Hobbit resembles so many of Tolkien's friends from the war. A genuine, sincere hero that was willing to put his own life on the line to help his friends succeed. If there's one thing our children and we can learn from these great stories, it's the power that friendship has. Of course, we learn that from Scripture as well, don't we? David had Jonathan. Jonathan was supposed to be his enemy since his father was King Saul and David was the anointed successor to the throne. But these two young men, Jonathan and David, made a pact to take care of each other. Jonathan refused to hate David just because his father did. The book of Proverbs puts it so well. A friend loves at all times. The wounds of a friend can be trusted. When those who do not like us criticize, it's easy to ignore. They're just trying to hurt us. But when a close friend criticizes or tells us something we don't want to hear, we can be confident that they're doing it for our own good. These are the kinds of friends we see throughout Lewis's and Tolkien's works. Friends that were loyal above all else. Committed to the good as well as the truth. Friends with weaknesses, of course. But friends who would do whatever it took to see another flourish. I think we all need friends like that, even more now than ever. Our world has become increasingly isolated. Friends, like what I just described, are a rarity these days, especially for younger people who spend most of their time online. But Scripture reminds us that Jesus isn't just our Lord, and he isn't just our Savior. He's our friend, and he loves us and cares for us, and he's absolutely committed to our good. That kind of friendship will change your life. Powerful friendship is what we find when we come to the Lord. And it was this kind of friendship that C.S. Lewis and Tolkien had. But it wasn't just with Tolkien. The past few days we've been hearing from Joseph LeConte, author of The Hobbit, Wardrobe, and The Great War, a historian, and a scholar of all things Narnia and Middle-earth. I asked him about C.S. Lewis the friend, not C.S. Lewis the author, and here's what he had to say.
1: C.S. Lewis had a wonderful capacity for friendship, not just with Tolkien, of course, but with a whole circle of men, the Inklings. And one of them uh, is a guy named Owen Owen Barfield. Barfield was one of the original Inklings. He knew Lewis from 1919 in his Oxford days as a student. Here's a letter, a portion of a letter that Lewis wrote to Barfield just as the Second World War is taking off. And it really looks like they're going to go through this hell again. He writes to Barfield and he says... Uh, I have a lot more to say when we meet, that is, if we meet, for, of course, our whole joint world may be blown up before the end of the week. I can't feel in my bones that it will, but my bones know damn all about it, Lewis writes. If we're separated, God bless you, and thanks for a hundred good things I owe you more than I can count or weigh. Mm. You read lines like that, and you just... It just takes your breath away. The depth of the friendship over 20 years. And then his last line in the letter is, in some ways, we've had a corking time these 20 years. (laughs) The storm is upon them, but their friendship is intact, and they're just going to do the best they can. There's just something about that that's so deeply Christian and deeply encouraging for me, and I think probably for many of your listeners at this moment.
0: Isn't there just something when you read a letter like that, that just... Fills your your not just your gut but but your heart with these words written by Lewis at the beginning of World War II. They're just as appropriate for today as they were back then. I think so. Just shook me when you shared those words with us, Joe.
1: It makes me it makes me appreciate these men, both of them, so much more deeply than I otherwise would have. They're so human. Mm-hmm. They're not these cardboard cutout figures they were very human flesh and blood the same kinds of struggles that we have and they kept their strength and heart their trust in Christ they 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 just did they really did
0: <laughs> joe i'm 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 going to ask you a personal question here so take your historian hat off your scholar hat off for a moment these have not been easy months these last 6 months for most of us What's the Lord been doing in your life these last six months? I mean, you're, you're, you're my brother in Christ. You know, we, we depend on the Lord. What's he been doing for you? They're, they're in the swamp of Washington, D.C.
1: <laughs> Thank you for asking that, Joe. I've been asking that question myself in the sense of asking, what is God trying to do in my life? Uh, rather than just trying to endure this time, surely he wants more out of me than that, is expecting and hoping for more than just enduring and getting through. And I'm still, I don't fully know the answer to that. I think um, being reminded of the great saints of the past, whether it's a Lewis, a Tolkien, a Martin Luther, I have a, you know, a little panoply of heroes mm-hmm. that I go back to, uh, not only as an historian, but just as a, as a Christian, a Christ follower, it's good to have in our minds the cloud of witnesses, the cloud mm-hmm. of witnesses from Hebrews. And I think probably that has been one of the greatest sources of strength in addition to the things we, we would always say, the scriptures itself, our church communities, our families, my family's very important to me, my a handful of carefully cl- uh, chosen friends here in the swamp, <laughs> and, <laughs> and beyond the swamp, uh, but that uh, the, the, uh, the uh, cloud of witnesses from the past, as I've gotten to know their lives and their writings, that has been a great source of help to me. And I feel like God keeps bringing me back to these men and women uh, too
0: thank you for being back with us on haven today
1: well thank you brothers right back at you hope to be back again soon god bless all you do
0: this is haven today and i'm charles morris the friendship that lewis was able to build the friendships that he and tolkien wrote into the stories of narnia and middle earth remind us of the great cloud of witnesses that joseph just mentioned The Great Cloud of Witnesses, found in Hebrews 11. It shows men and women on a journey. Not a journey to destroy a ring in Mount Mordor, like Frodo. Not a journey to find Aslan or defeat the White Witch. A journey to a heavenly city whose foundations are eternal, whose builder is the Lord Himself. As the ring is finally destroyed and Middle-earth is freed from the darkness that threatened its very existence, Frodo was surrounded by a cloud. Gandalf, Aragon, Legolas, Gimli, Bilbo, and, yes, Sam Wise. It's a picture of the end for us Christians. We are surrounded even now by faithful witnesses and those who have gone before us. We walk toward the heavenly city, not facing the threat of eternal darkness, but full of the hope of eternal life. And as we walk, we have our friends and our truest friend, the better Sam Wise, who didn't just risk his life, but freely gave it up, Also, we can reach the end successfully. We walk by faith right now, trusting in Christ, knowing that one day that faith will turn to sight, and we will be welcomed into the joy of our Master in the city that He has built for us to live and to even laugh in, for the rest of eternity. On that note, evangelical churches in England singing this Remembrance Day, Veterans Day hymn with words taken from Psalm 46. It's even become a coronavirus hymn God is our strength and refuge, our present help in trouble, and we therefore will not fear, though the earth should change, though mountains shake and tremble. Though swirling floods are raging. God, the Lord of hosts, is with us evermore. Choir and Orchestra of All Souls Church London, singing a Royal Air Force hymn conducted by Michael Andrews, God is Our Strength and Refuge. Here on Haven Today, I'm Charles Morris, part of the church's Festival of Hope that we used a couple of months ago. Now, earlier in the program, I teased you about a little soundbite we had featuring C.S. Lewis, and before we listen, I want you to hear how the Lord used his involvement in the Great War to help him teach people about Jesus. A Christian
3: life is simply a process of having your natural self changed into a Christ self, and that this process goes on very far inside. One's most private wishes, one's point of view are the things that have to be changed. That's why unbelievers complain that Christianity is a very selfish religion. Isn't it very selfish? even morbid they say, to be always bothering about the inside of your own soul, instead of thinking of humanity. Now, what would an NCO say to a soldier, who had a dirty rifle, and when told to clean it, replied, but Sergeant, isn't it very selfish, even morbid, to be always bothering about the inside of your own rifle, instead of thinking of the United Nations? Well, we needn't bother about what the NCO would actually say. You see the point. The man is not going to be much use to the United Nations if his rifle isn't fit to shoot with. In the same way, people who are still acting from their old natural selves won't do much real permanent good to other people. Let me explain that. History isn't just a story of bad people doing bad things. It's quite as much a story of people trying to do good things but somehow something goes wrong take the common expression cold as charity how do we come to say that? from experience we've learnt how unsympathetic patronising and conceited charitable people often are and yet hundreds and thousands of them started out really anxious to do good and when they'd done it somehow it just wasn't as good as it ought to have been. The old story. What you are comes out in what you do. A crab apple tree can't produce eating apples. As long as the old self is there, its taint will be over all we do. We try to be religious and become Pharisees. We try to be kind and become patronizing. Social service ends in red tape and officialdom. Unselfishness becomes a form of showing off. I don't mean, of course, that we're to stop trying to be good. We've got to do the best we can. If the soldier's fool enough to go into battle with a dirty rifle, he mustn't run away. But I do mean that the real cure lies far deeper. Out of ourselves and into Christ,
0: we must go. That was C.S. Lewis from his lectures on the BBC in World War II. Later, those lectures were turned into the book that's still out there today, called Mere Christianity. But do you see how he was able to use his war experience, even something as simple as a soldier cleaning his gun, to point people to Jesus? Both C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. R. Tolkien fought in the trenches of World War I. They saw their friends and strangers die daily. They each felt the darkness and despair closing in around them. Both cried out for hope, and God answered them, drawing them to a profoundly deep faith in Jesus, Tolkien first, and then later Lewis, as he befriended Tolkien at Oxford. But up until now, no one has ever looked at the influence that the Great War had on their lives. So when my wife first discovered Joseph LeConte's book, A Hobbit, A Wardrobe, in A Great War, I got excited, to say the least. Joseph chronicles the fascinatingly true story of how God used the Great War to draw Lewis and Tolkien together as friends, but more importantly, to draw them both to Christ and how this friendship led them to write stories that would capture the imagination of every generation following and draw so many to Jesus. After reading or listening to A Hobbit, A Wardrobe, and A Great War, You'll be reminded that Jesus is the light that breaks through the darkness, even today, giving your life hope and strength to endure. My prayer is that this book, whether the audio version on CD or in print, will grow your faith in Christ as well. But you have to call us right now. And would you do that and ask for a hobbit, a wardrobe, and a great war? The number to call right now is 800 654 2836 865 Haven. Or find out more by going to haventoday.org. Our website again is haventoday.org. And don't forget, we still have the first season of The Chosen. All eight episodes on two DVDs for your minimum gift. Christmas, not too far away. This just might make a great gift for someone you love. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again we get to share together the great story. It's all about Jesus.
4: Here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with God. This is David Wolin with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Why would God let this happen? Every Christian I know who goes through a time of suffering asks that question. I certainly have. You probably have too. And you know what helps me the most? It's not usually a direct answer to my particular why question, but simply remembering. Remembering that the same God who sometimes allows me to suffer, suffered himself. And what Jesus endured for me and for you far exceeds anything we'll ever have to face. And today, he reigns in glory which is a hope extended to us as well. Romans 8.18 I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. You can start receiving Anchor Devotional in print at getanchor.com.